0: Good morning. I'm Michael. Welcome to the Morning Burrito. It is ten o'clock on Tuesday, and we are in week four. Week four, and uh, we had a great time talking about aliens last week.
1: Well, we yeah, we did,
0: Eric. Actually. It is. Uh, it has been such a joy to do this for the last three weeks, and uh, uh, today we are going to have some fun, and next week we're going to have some fun. Yes, really. Yes, yeah. uh, we're gonna. We're not going to be as deep the next two weeks.
1: Deep aliens was deep. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, deep. Okay, maybe.
0: I mean, it didn't start that way, but it, en- it ended that way. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so today we got our burritos, unlike green, last week. Green ones. Uh, these are more like lunch burritos, I okay. guess. Um, Tasty. But uh, today we are going to go into compassion, and uh, this is a really big subject to unpack for our audience.
1: It's huge.
0: So why don't you uh, break down for us to get us started... Um, <laughs> What are what is a cool story you have uh, or a fun fun laughable story? Story time already? Oh yeah, let's let's, right let's, let's start time. with a story about um, uh about just compassion. What mate what do you think of when you hear the word compassion?
1: Well, do you want to know what I think of or do you want a story?
0: A story that illuminates what you think of it.
1: Oh. Well, um cuz I want to eat. Okay, Wait. you eat. So Probably one of the the stories that comes to mind is we're we're on this mission trip uh, with our with our students, and it was a, a trip to um, white collar people that lived in a marina, and um, out on their yachts and you know multi million dollar boats, stuff that we would only dream about. And the idea was to go and present um, um, the need for. Uh, what the people's needs were, I guess, and asking them, hey, what, what can we help you with? This was the simple question. It was just compassion for them. And we walked away from that uh, pretty disappointed um, <laughs> because, I mean, honestly, we, have, we had like 40 of our students uh, all primed and ready to go. And mm-hmm. we go out on the docks, and we're talking to people on their boats. And after about two hours of walking those docks, where the kids are really excited. They, they came back one at a time, and they're just really kind of bummed out. They're like, we can't help anybody here. Nobody needed help. So when I look at compassion, um, it's kind of hard to maybe do that sometimes because we don't really know what the needs are, so you ask. But it's hard when you have money uh, to not really know what your needs are. So that's one. Um, I don't think people know what their needs are sometimes. Um,
0: So kind of like we've done the last three weeks, fourth week, why change precedent, uh, defining the term uh, that we're discussing is probably – an important part okay. of this discussion. So let's let's start here very simply. What does it mean? Like, what does the word compassion actually mean? Not the Merriam-Webster definition of compassion, but what is compassion? What is not compassion?
1: Compassion, I would say, is what's coming from your heart. It, it, it's a heart thing. Um, we lose the translation of that by saying... This is what I'm passionate about. And there's a big difference between passion and compassion. Um, compassion is a, a, an action. It's what you have, but it comes from the heart. Um, it's more than just the word of, you know, I'm passionate about a lot of things. But compassion, the action of passion is kind of hard sometimes.
0: You are passionate about coffee.
1: I am very much so, which I should have had coffee this morning.
0: I'm passionate about water. Yeah. We're not advertising Nestle, but, you know.
1: Right. That's why I got my label turned backwards, so they didn't know. keeps us us honest (laughs) so
0: in the church world yep we tend to use a phrase that is synonymous in our eyes with compassion okay we'll use the phrase loving your neighbor Mm. so how does loving your neighbor uh is is it the same as compassion is it part of compassion is it the whole definition is that really what it is
1: Man, we should ask some of these guys what they think of that. Um, I wish we were live right now because that would have been a really fun question to ask them on live, so they could.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Type in. Um, I think loving your neighbor. I think we lose it sometimes because it, it fits our narrative. Like mm. we love the people that we're able to love. We love people that we agree with. We love people that look like us, smell like us, live like us. Um, but we want to think that well, we're good people, so we, yeah, we love everybody. You know, let's love everybody, but we really don't. Um, where compassion is across the board to everybody. And that that's hard to, that's hard to do because you got to have compassion for everybody that doesn't look like you, talk like you, smell like you. Um, so
0: you know you're if you're watching this or listening to us today, um, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I love everybody. I am compassionate. But I think as we get through this episode today, our hope is that you'll be challenged because, even in our pre-show discussion, I'm even challenged at this. I think we all struggle sometimes with the. I could love a whole lot better than I do, um, you know. In our I gotta uh, love what <laughs> in our Sunday service, you you talked about. Um, you talked. I think you asked this question. What uh, what about that guy that you see that needs help? And, you know, you don't, you know, do you help, do you not help them? Oh. Is basically where you went. Yeah. And, uh, I get challenged with that all the time. This is just a, I mean, this is a story I think everybody can relate to. Um, you know, you're driving down the road and you see the car that's, um, you know, stranded on the side of the road. Um, and you know, there's somebody, and you just keep driving right on by, right. Keep on going. Or, uh, You see the person walking down the street and you know they're a normal, you know, it's not like they look like they're gonna, you know, jump in your car and have an axe and murder you or something. But (laughs) you've seen too many movies. Yeah, I know. But you you see that person walking down the street and instead of stopping when you feel like you should zoom right on by. Um, that's one thing where I I get real challenged and the Holy Spirit for me talks to me a lot about that and challenges me. and Because there are a lot of times where I feel like I'm supposed to do something and I, I just pass up those opportunities. So why
1: do you pass those up though?
0: That's a great question. I don't think, I think most of us would say we don't know. Uh, sometimes it's fear. I think depending on the situation, it could be fear. Uh, sometimes it's uh, busyness, right? We're, we live in probably the most busy Culture that has ever existed at this point. I mean, we are so go 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 go. I mean, everything we do, even voting this year, was drive through. So, right. Exactly. I mean, like we we love speed. Um, we have we have the uh, you can
1: get tested for this pandemic that's going to end your life in a drive through tent. Yeah, so I'm
0: waiting there. for the the drive through flu shot where you just stick your arm out the window and they stick you with the needle. You know, because.
1: Graydon and uh, and Katie, they're flying back today, actually, from Australia. Right. Woo! and uh,
0: That's his old, oldest son, by yeah, the way.
1: By, yeah. And uh, anyway, they got their COVID test uh, yesterday. And what they did there in Australia is they said they, uh, they, they stuck the Q-tip little thing up their nose, tickled their brain, and they took it out and then instantly asked them to open their mouths. And they stuck the same end of the Q-tip and swabbed the back of their throat. Gross. <laughs> Why? That's, Why that's, do they do that in Australia and not here? I'm glad they don't do that here. But anyway, yeah, they can. I just keep thought I'd show that Australia
0: much. can keep that. I, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that being an Australian thing.
1: So do you have COVID in the nose or in the throat, or both? But I didn't know. So anyway,
0: but uh, no, but I, I again, I think, I think the first part of compassion is for for anybody. I mean, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you have the Holy Spirit and living in you or not, I think we all have that you know, conscience, whatever you want to call it, and you get those urges, those feelings where you're supposed to be doing something, and you bypass those opportunities. You right allow
1: he's he's flying around. Is that alien? It's like the beginning
0: It's like the beginning of Men in Black with <laughs> the dragonfly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we we'll get on that conversation again. Um well let me ask you
1: this. Well, no wait, You said that you think that most of us we probably don't know why we don't help people. Isn't that what you said? Well,
0: I think I think there's reason. There's multiple reasons for it. I think in the moment we know why we're not doing it.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think we do know why. I yeah. think I think it's a lot of times it's laziness it's too. It's going to cost us money, time, sweat. I mean, I'm not going to get everything accomplished that I wanted to today. Um, we know exactly why we don't have compassion on people.
0: Sure. But but I do think that, you know, a lot of times it's a subconscious thing. It's just an immediate reaction that our brains have taught us. The reality is if you go in other places in the world, this is not how people react. Right, right. Uh, people don't behave the same way we do as Americans or just, you know, let's say Western people, Western culture. Um, we are we are <laughs> we are a selfish people like. We've just been raised to be selfish in this Seriously? country. Yeah, I I'm think an so. only
1: Child, I am not selfish. See, you can't even argue that. Okay, so I'm. Not I'll let you. I'll let you determine that. You just
0: opened that door. Way to go! <laughs> no, so one of the things you had said, kind of in one of your comments earlier, was that it can be hard to be compassionate for people who. You know, don't look like us, don't think like us, uh, don't run in the same circles we do. Maybe they're an enemy. Maybe they're just somebody you don't like. Whatever the case is, why do we have such a hard time being compassionate with people that are different or, you know, in one of those categories?
1: Yeah, I wish I had an answer for that. Um, I think it's just kind of inbred in us. Um, That's the way we think. Um, I think it's easy for us to lose sight sometimes of really, I don't know, who who we are? We're not all that important. Mm-hmm. Um, we're replaceable in about everything in life, um, and I don't know if that's part of it. Um, I don't know.
0: So I grew up in Chicago, and you went to school college in in the Chicago area. Yep. So we ran in the same uh, area for a while. And I don't know about you, but when I would go to downtown Chicago with groups of friends or whatever, um, young adult group or whatever. Um, I remember this one time we had, uh, we were walking down state street, uh, right near where, uh, the Chicago theater is. And I mean, just really a beautiful part of, of Chicago's downtown area. And, uh, we came to this, this intersection and the L train is right above us. And right up against the building is this homeless guy. And it, you know, if you've been to any big city, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, New York, LA, whatever, I mean, this is, this happens everywhere. Um, in the downtown area, especially when it's decent outside, you're going to see a lot of homeless people with signs and things. And, you know, some are washing windows of cars or attempting to, you know, all that
1: stuff. Walk up and squeegee your window and want <laughs> a Right.
0: Exactly. Um, but this gentleman, uh, I, I, I feel guilty even saying this because this is, this is true, but it is guilt. There is some guilt in this or shame in this maybe. Um, our group walked up and we ignored him for as long as we possibly could we pretended as if he wasn't behind us
1: pretend i don't see you
0: and you could tell it was aggravating to him that we were just you know he was an african-american fellow and we're these you know group of white kids from the suburbs of chicago and we're completely ignoring this guy and one of the girls in our group uh at the time she she turns around and she goes to start talking to this guy i couldn't tell you what his name was um But what I do remember is that his sign was something I will never, ever, ever forget. Uh, Absolutely unforgettable sign. You know, most of the time they say, you know, we'll work for food, money for food, money for house or, you know, housing or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of different signs. This guy, he actually put on his sign, I know what you think. I'm going to use the money for alcohol.
1: At least he was honest.
0: Which was... The, the whole point it was so right. un, unforgettable right. because he was being completely transparent
1: you ever wonder where they get the markers
0: i do do you
1: have an answer i have no idea i don't either but uh
0: but anyway this guy was a really really cool dude to talk to we all of us ended up turning around since uh this girl was having the conversation and um heard his story and his story was it was hard to hear i mean it was really a really difficult story um was it a
1: true story you think uh,
0: parts of it probably i mean there was probably aspects of it that were exaggerated at very minimum but as we talked to him we told him we said look man we we can't we can't justify just giving you money so you can go spend it on alcohol which i'm sure you understand and he understood that but we said this is what we will do we'll take you over to the the walgreens on the corner or whatever we'll get you a blanket get you a pillow um Uh, get you, you know, some other things that, you know, you may need and we'll take you to the McDonald's on the other corner and we'll get you some food. How's that sound? And we took this guy and and we all chipped in and got him some stuff at the Walgreens, got him uh, the McDonald's. And it was one of those moments where when I look back on it that day, at that moment, I was like, man, how did I, how did I completely miss that opportunity? You know, if it wasn't been for that girl, we would all the whole group would have missed that opportunity to be compassionate on a guy who clearly was in a bad place. I mean, he may still be in the bad place as of today. I don't know, but um, he didn't look like me. He wasn't in the same position. Um, I've never been in that position, so maybe that played into it, like we're talking about.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it does. It depends a lot on on your circumstance. I think at the moment um, and what your focus is. because you didn't go on, on that trip with that specific thought in mind, right? To help Correct. that guy. So, um, I took a group to Inner City Chicago, down on the second level of Chicago, where all the trucks, you know, go in and delivery and all that.
0: Like Lower Wacker Drive, yeah, that exactly.
1: area. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And um, and we had the the mission in our mind to go have compassion on these people, and we went and same thing. We didn't give them money, but we took them to McDonald's or fast food or whatever to to eat. And uh, man, my group was so excited to go help that that we met this guy starts talking hear a story we take him to i think it was a burger king um that was down there and uh, we're standing in line we got us food we sat we ate we listened to this whole story and uh left the same way heartbroken and think, man if i just living in life i would have missed the opportunity for that but it was about two months later um i'm back in chicago um kind of in a, diff- a different side of town um and we're at uh, this walk-up kind of diner, street street diner thing. And uh, this guy's looking really familiar to me. Mm. Um, could not place him. And uh, we're standing in this line, long line, and his voice, his voice rang true in my head. Mm. And uh, once I recognized the voice, I recognized the man, and then I recognized the setting where I saw the man. And it was the man I met two months earlier with my group that was down in the inner city of Chicago. Wow. Dressed like a you know a street person and uh, and took us on a journey for a story and a dollar and uh, so I talked to him and uh, confronted him on it and I was like, hey do you remember me and he's like yeah no no and I don't think he really remembered me um, but I told him that we had talked last or like a couple of weeks ago and he was you know just kind of off in or well actually he found out he's a lawyer and he does wow. this on his weekends as a stress relief. And uh, I was so ticked off at that guy um, because then we were able to have a real conversation and uh, he knew I was a pastor. He knew I was part of the church and he was very apologetic. He said, I don't ever mean to hurt anybody, but,
0: but isn't that, I mean, wouldn't that play into now it's harder for you the next time it is. to be compassionate you because you've been, you know, it's like the fool me once, fool me twice thing, right. you know? Um, and, and, you know, the question obviously in that situation would have to be asked, isn't that stealing? Like it's manipulation. It's it's well, theft. It is. It's.
1: It but we also grew so much out of that because sure. I went back and told my group the story, and they're like, "Are you serious? Let's go TP his house." Back when we had lots of TP, um, we we did those yeah, things. We don't have we don't have <laughs> toilet paper right now. <laughs> right it now. just all disappeared Not off now. the shelf again. But you know, it was the, it was the same trip that we were on that uh, this guy um, came across us and uh, same thing. Um, we went and we. Still had the same mindset that hey we're here to give compassion to whoever needs it and this guy's name's Gus still remember his name Gus 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 was a that man name. that sold uh, the homeless street newspaper I don't remember the name of that newspaper but but they would sell it and they would get like so many so much proceed out of it but huh. um, so he came out to sell us a newspaper and of course you know we bought like I don't know, everything he had and um, but then we we're gonna feed him and it was it was dusk ish. Um, and uh, right behind me, the only restaurant that oh, was there was like this, probably this four-star restaurant. Uh, right behind us, on the same sidewalk, it was like me, the door, like to you. I mean, we we're that close. And uh, we had talked to this guy probably for I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, got his, you know, story, build a relationship. And I said hey, come on in, well, let's get you something to eat. And when I turned around, the the sign on the door went from open to closed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, it, 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 this man just was like lit up on fire and just totally irritated. Yeah. Well, that, that was aimed toward me because now I'm the, the white guy that you know was going to take him in there and they won't even let me in to do it. And uh, so everybody now is against him. And uh, anyway, the situation went really, really bad. Um, I mean, we won't get into all those details, but it went really bad. And, and out, of, out of all my training and all of my, my gut instinct working with homeless people for the years that I did, um, I actually ended up uh, decking this guy in the street of downtown Chicago at night, in front of my students, um, and uh, I still—did you, you get fired? I didn't get fired, but I would do the same thing today because it was a very <laughs> dangerous situation that he put us in. And uh, <laughs> but my kids are like, Ugh! and my wife, she's already gone with the kids. And anyway, it was it was a mess. And we take off and we're walking as fast as we can down the the sidewalk. And Gus gets up out of the street, walks on the other side of the road, and he's walking down the other sidewalk. And I noticed something very very unique that I had not experienced before. As far as I knew, it was my group and Gus on the road. But when he walked past every alleyway, there were people that came out of the alley, and I, I couldn't walk my group fast enough. Um, oh, and before geez. I knew it, here comes somebody had gone down and gotten our church van, and you know we had an emergency system in case we had this kind of problem. Here comes a van. It comes screeching up to the curb. We're throwing kids in the van, and we take off. And and Gus is urinating on the street as we're leaving, just to show us that he was still the one in in charge. And uh, that was a growth moment for us. And and the question we asked was, well, how do you do compassion for people that that all of a sudden you don't trust anymore? And I think there is a trust factor when it comes to compassion. But it's got to come from the heart. So no matter if it's a lawyer who lies to you because he does it on the weekend for stress relief, or if it's really somebody like Gus, who really does need the help, um, we can't put our emotions into it. It's got to be... Uh, driven from the inner part of your heart, and I think as Americans, uh, we really struggle with what compassion is.
0: Well, in the reality, the thing to take away from both of those stories is that you know, just because somebody may dupe you, These somebody really may yeah, there, green one, um, somebody may mistreat you, that doesn't change what you learn or what you grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that first story. I mean, regardless of what, <laughs> regardless of the intentions of the. I, I, I paused to even say gentlemen, um, but the, the individual, I'll just leave it at lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer, um, your kids still grew out of that. You still yep. grew out of that as a, as an, as a leader, as a pastor. And so, um, so that's a great thing. You know, one of the things that we, we talked about in our pre-show meeting and just, uh, something that we both noticed over the course of our lives and our pastoral careers, um, People tend to be more compassionate, more giving, more generous um, at specific times of the year um, and not so much at other times in the year. They may be passionate about things, very passionate. Um, some of the examples that we talked about is uh, times that they don't seem to be very compassionate or giving or generous is uh, tax time. Tax season. Tax time seems to be a rough time. Um you know, certainly, right after Christmas is a is a rough time to be compassionate or giving. Yeah. Um, pay the visa bill. Uh, you know, we we've seen this in these last you know couple months, or well, really, probably the last year. Uh, election time, people are a lot less generous or giving, especially when we talk about people they don't agree with, and 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 those sorts of things. But um, we also see that people are generally much more <laughs> prone and much more able or willing to be generous and giving in the holidays. And as we are coming into Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, and Christmas is not far behind that, why do you think that is that we, like everybody across the board is much easier for the most part being giving this time of year, but in those other times, summertime when we're going on vacations and all that, we don't want to be giving. We, we Man, just can't do it.
1: I think it's a loaded question you set me up for is what I think.
0: Boom! Drop the mic.
1: (laughs) Let's go. You know, because it'd be really easy to answer that question by just by simply saying, "We feel like we have to give compassion to somebody because we're living in such a, you know, um, what? I don't even know what the word would be, but we're spending all the money on us for Christmas. Give me a word. Selfish. Selfish. Okay, that's self-serving. You know, thought of that. So we're being really selfish in what we're doing. So of course we have to balance that out. So I think that's, (laughs) I think one reason we see compassion at this time. The other thing is, is that it it is pretty cool. It's a dynamic where we're all in it together. I mean, we have a word called Thanksgiving and we're supposed to spread the Christmas joy, right? Or the Xmas joy if you're being PC. It's like, it's like everybody's doing it. So of course we feel good with it, right? Um, And that's wrong Mm. because it's not, it's not heart driven. It's, Seasonal fish, seasonal <laughs> driven. Right. I mean, yeah, it's what
0: you're so, supposed to do. It's an obligation. Yeah, it's,
1: what, it's what you do. And and whether it's tradition, that's what you do. I mean, we're going to talk traditions here pretty quick. Like in well, I'm just going to tell it now. Can I do that? Yeah, go ahead. Like so next week, uh, traditions, famous, most authentic, most real, the biggest, the happiest traditions for Thanksgiving that you can come up with. That's what we're going to talk about. We're gonna, yeah. And so it
0: just, so, you know, while we're taking this pause, Start sending in some comments for next week. Give us some ammo, oh, some good. stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, in the comments for this show. We'll take a look at them and we'll we'll include them in next week's show. If you have some wow, we just thought of that right now. You know, and if it's it's funny, uh, it could be just really cool. It could be not so good traditions, it ones could, that, that could didn't work be out so well. Could, that could be really funny. Um, you know, whatever. I post them in the comments and we'll we'll yeah, we'll put those into yeah, next week. And week's we're show. sorry,
1: we don't have a t shirt to send you um for doing that so if we use maybe yours, someday if we use yours on the podcast you get nothing just saying so
0: but you can have a burrito
1: well you got to make it yourself
0: that's true All right. so anyway getting back to where we're yeah. at it's i i have a i've had a hard time with the people don't think like me people don't look like me so therefore i'm not right. going to be generous um you know, as pastors, it's always a catch twenty two for us because when we start talking about giving and generosity and things, people always assume we're going for their pocketbook. Exactly. <laughs> and So uh, that always is a well, not for everybody, but for many people within our churches, um, they they tend to immediately close their ears, like no, 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 I'm not going to listen you can to that.
1: See the earplugs go in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear about this because you're going to challenge me to give something that I don't want to give. So it made me think of as as we were discussing this in pre-show uh, the good samaritan story. Yeah. And you know there's there's this guy that walks up to Jesus and he uh, he says, "Hey, uh, Jesus, how do I how do I get into heaven? How how does this how does this happen?" And Jesus says, "Well, you follow the cam- commandments, you know, you do you do the things you're supposed to do. Love your mother and father, honor them, and love the Lord your God, this that, and the other." And he's like, Oh, dude, got that. Good. We we're, we're we're good there." Okay, well, um, sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, then you can come follow me. And what was his reaction?
1: His brakes were on full bore, man. As soon yeah, as Jesus went for the stuff, yep.
0: that was the end of the conversation. Yep. And it says actually in Scripture that this rich young ruler, rich, rich man, goes away sad and disappointed.
1: What he thought of Jesus before the, that question was posed? Definitely a different answer. At that moment,
0: and I think it really sums up how we are when it comes to our stuff. And and again, we're not just talking about money here. We're not just talking about your stuff, right? Although that does come into play:
1: time, talent, sweat, equity—sure, all of it.
0: Um, you know, again, you know, going back to where we started this conversation, there are plenty of times where you're driving down the road. It's not going to cost you anything other than time, and you just completely ignore the car on the side of the road. Right. You may not have to spend one dime. But you're going to have to spend some time, and that time is valuable to you, so therefore you're not going to waste it, quote-unquote, on somebody that you don't know. Um, You know what's even more sad is the people who won't give the time to their own families, to their own loved ones. Yep. Um, This is not something we even had in show notes, but this is just something that came to me. Why do you think we have such a hard time with even our loved ones of being compassionate?
1: Because we're compassionate with them all the time. It's time to buck it up. (laughs) Put your big boy pants on. Let's go. I mean,
0: I mean, you see it, you see it in families all the time, as, especially as pastors, we see it. Yep. Um, you know, in fact, you know, we've we've seen it recently in in just our church and uh, some of our people um, that are connected to our church. The compassion for people within a family is not necessarily there, and it's it's heartbreaking to watch. Right? right? right. What's the solution?
1: Well, I think I think part of the problem of that, before you get to the solution, is um, is that. that happens because we do live with each other in close proximity and you know, you become blind, um, to what some of the hard emotions are and you become blind to, um, what the person maybe really is dealing with. Um, I mean, you know what it's like, I mean, when you were new, when you first moved here, you walk around our campus and you would have noticed all kinds of things, but now you've been here a year and you could walk through here and you wouldn't notice, um, those things anymore because you you've lived in it sure so i think that's part of the part of the problem when it comes to family and compassion uh we just we live with you and we know you and we know you're going to get over it so you know just buck it up and, and and go um but what's the solution um i think i think part of the solution is you, you've got to really just answer the question between you and the lord um do i have a heart of compassion and if I don't, Lord, show it to me, give it to me.
0: Uh, and I apologize. I said good Samaritan story, but I told the rich young you ruler. You told the story. I followed So it. I apologize I, I, I for did that. that. I did I did. But when we talk about the solution, we can talk about the good Samaritan story.
1: We can, um, because in that story that you bombed on, <laughs> um, just pointing that out. Oops. <laughs> only, hey, at I, least I acknowledged you, it. You did. I, I was going to let it go, you know. But um, so. So in that in that story, um, it's found uh, you know in the New Testament book of Luke um, that good Samaritan traveled down the same road as two previous guys. Mm-hmm. One guy was a priest, you know. So can you imagine what it's like being the guy that got beat, laying in the street, blood in his eyes? He's he sees help coming, and it's, and it's this priest. And he's going like, "Man, a priest helps everybody." And then all of a sudden, the scripture says that the priest crossed the other side of the road, um, didn't even look. He just kind of went. You know, and, and looked the other way.
0: He did the exact same he, thing we're talking about.
1: Exactly, and then the then there's a second guy who was a religious leader. Um, he was a, a Levite. Levite, um, and if there's anybody that should help, it's anybody who knows anything about you know their faith and loves their God and you know goes to church, probably never misses a day, and gives them the offering and gives to missions and you know whatever. Um, but the Levite Bible says he didn't go to the other side. He he just avoided him, like he walked he like walked by, but looked the opposite way. I mean totally avoid and then there's that third person that the the Samaritan that comes down the same road same amount of time and the the guy in the ditch is a is a Jew and the Samaritan um, who's walking the road is his enemy and why, the, why is that
0: significant that they're well, the Jews and the Samaritans
1: okay because it's racial okay um, so this whole racist thing um, you talk about racism in our in our nation now today it's nothing different than it was back in you know this time so uh, racism, racism has always been there. So here, this guy is. He walks by. He's looking at his his brother. He's got a racist heart. You know, he, he, and both of them do. If there's ever a guy he didn't want to have help him out of the ditch, it would be the good Samaritan. You know, because not everybody's gonna talk, and you just kind of go that way. But what he did um, is he stopped and he looked. And instead of spitting on the guy when he walked by, like maybe the Levite did, right? I mean, he didn't physically spit, but he turned his head. Um, The Bible says that he had uh, a heart of compassion. His heart went out to him. And so what's this guy do? His his brother, his racist brother, goes, picks him up, puts him on his donkey, takes him into town, puts him up at, like, you know, a five-star hotel, which probably is more like a Motel (laughs) 6. I'm not really sure. But puts him up in there, tells the innkeeper, hey, I'm going to pay his bill. If there's more, take care of him, give him first-class first aid. They did all this disinfecting, took care of his wounds and bandages, and then he left. He comes back and uh, to pay his bill and square up, and you know. then Jesus goes to the guy and says, hey, which one of these three? To this scholar, this religious guy who was asking the question that you brought up, wrong story, but same question. Um, you know, He, he says, well, which one of the three? And the guy was like, well, the one that took care of him. And then Jesus says, well, go and do likewise. Go do the same thing. Yeah. And uh, my question is, did the guy go do the same thing? The Bible doesn't tell us if he did it. I want to say he did not do it.
0: I, you know, if, if we're going by human nature, he didn't, right? right? Um, we, we 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 talked about this before. We tend to go back to our priors. You go back uh, to what you know. What we know and where we're at. And so, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's race, whether it's uh, religion and, you know, the different religious philosophies or theologies or whatever, um, maybe it's just you don't like how somebody looks. Maybe you don't like where they live.
1: Maybe it's a shine on their head. I don't know. <laughs>
0: That was a nasty meanness. I never said your name. Y'all got that. You understand what he just did.
1: Um,
0: but we always go back to our priors. And so, you know, I I'd love to believe that the the guy who is helped by the Good Samaritan was changed and different for the rest of his life, but we don't know that and we can't assume that because humans don't change very much. We're we're very very against changing our 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 being who we are, so well, let's 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 wrap this up. And I guess the 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 thing that we need to um, end with uh, is maybe maybe a story, a story from each of us that from our own experience of where maybe for you personally, I have one that's more personal to me, where God kind of grabbed you and said, "Hey, you know, you have a bad attitude about this, and you know, you're in a service type of opportunity." Um, do you have a story like that or have you just been always good attitude and you just serve, 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 and don't ever have an issue?
1: Well, I wasn't thinking of a bad attitude turning into a good, compassionate attitude. Um, I probably have several of those stories, (laughs) um, but you kind of want to forget some of those. Um, I, I think, I think out of one story that probably doesn't answer that or fit that, but it, uh, it's a story of, uh, my wife and I, we're in a our first church together right after we were married, actually not right after, like five years after we were married, uh, found out we're pregnant. And um, it was uh, a Sunday morning, and it was, it was hard. It was a hard Sunday morning because we had um, just found out and just went through uh, having a miscarriage. Oh, boy. And, you know, it was our first miscarriage, and uh, I had no idea what the word miscarriage even meant until that, that day. And as a pastor, we don't go ask our people for a lot. We don't go ask for really anything. We Um, have a hard time with that a lot of times. We do. It's like, do not stand me up and applaud. I mean, that's just one of those moments. I get why we do it, but it's just, it's not ever a fun thing for us to go through. But I've never really was accustomed to going to my church, asking for prayer and asking for, for financial help or asking for, you know, time off to go better myself and, but what I saw out of my church on that Sunday, that was the first time that I saw a church have compassion on, on their, their pastor's wife and their pastor. Mm. Um, I'm sure they always had it, right? I'm not saying the church didn't have it. So those of you part of Eureka, uh, Illinois, I'm not saying you never had compassion. Just saying this is the first time that I really, for the first time as a pastor, felt compassion from a church. Yeah. And uh, what they did is they went around and they, and they loved my wife. And uh, that spoke more to me than them coming around me as men in the church. Some of you know who I'm talking about, if you're watching, uh, came around and, and, you know, comforted me and encouraged me in that time. Um, that was all meaningful. But, man, the compassion they showed my wife and the yeah. compassion from the church leadership board that came back, you know, and said, hey, take as much time as you need. Um, they ended up helping pay some of our medical bills at that time. Um, they brought dinner. They brought food. And I got to the point where, like, man, is Pretty cool, <laughs> you know. Um, not the miscarriage, but the food. I mean, it sure. was, it was I, mean, well, I mean, who doesn't like Christian food? women can cook? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like a potluck every day in my house. It was awesome. I, I probably gained a lot of weight then, but um, so so that for me was probably the first time of compassion. So that doesn't fit what you asked, but that sure comes
0: to my mind. So I always think of uh, again, when I was uh, a lot of things happened for me when I was just out of college, but uh, I was in this young adults group and. They were, uh, were going to do this service project to an uh, assisted living facility for adults who are challenged um, in different ways, you know, um, Down syndrome, those sorts of things. Um, a lot less functioning, you know, lower functioning folks. And uh, when my buddy asked me to go, I was like it's a Saturday, there's other things I could be doing with my time, I'm a single guy, young single guy, like, this is really not what I want to do with my Saturday, Uh, I worked full time, so I wanted to sleep in, right, and just have my Saturday to myself, and so I kind of went begrudgingly, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'm just gonna go, and uh, basically from the moment I walked into that facility, it was like the Holy Spirit smacked me flat across the face. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I, from the word go, felt really, really uncomfortable and really awkward, like God is speaking and I was not willing to listen. And uh, by the time we got to the end of our our time serving, we had gotten to share the gospel with a couple of uh, residents and Uh, We got to clean a lady's house or apartment that, um, you know, this lady can't clean her own stuff and her family had not been to see her in a year. And so her house was just disorganized and a mess. And, um, you know, God, God spoke to me in that and said, you know, you, you really had a bad attitude and having a servant's heart really matters that, you know, being... Be serving other people and being compassionate for other people actually matters. And if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be this man of God that you purport to be, you need to be willing to sacrifice your own comfort and your own time to help other people. Um, and I, I would just echo, you know, getting more specific to our people here at HermNaz because we like to to bring it back to to home. Um, our people, I. I've been in many churches. You've been in not nearly as many, um, but some. Uh, we've been all all over the place uh, between us and ministry, but I'll tell you what, this is no slight against other churches that I've served at, but these people at Herm are just different. Um, I, I think back to last Christmas time. Um, our church has this uh, tradition of adopting families every year. Usually it's Huge. a family from the community or, you know, somebody, you know, one year it was a fire, a family who had been affected by a f- home fire. And uh, last year, uh, unbeknownst to us, uh, you were actually struggling with a neck issue um, and were laid up pretty, pretty good. And uh, we had a baby on the way and we were still new to Hermiston and all that. And our church adopted us. And I know in our personal conversations, we've tried to communicate this to our church, but that love and that compassion that they showed to our families, making sure that our, our kids had a good Christmas and all of those things, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it goes beyond what we can give in words. And spread that passion to not just your pastors, not just people in your church. Right. There are people in your communities that need that touch uh, from you. And so don't hesitate. When the Spirit puts that on your heart, when you have that like tug or pull, pull the trigger. Yeah, pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, because last Christmas, I mean, we, we do serve a gr- we do serve a great church and and serve with great people. But yeah, that was a good good year last year. Um, because and, th- and this
0: year we get to do it again
1: because for my own family last year um, I mean, we had medical bills and so yeah. did you getting ready for baby and. Um, it was only—it really was because of our church that we had Christmas last year. Yeah, um, and that's never happened in my life before. Sure. Um, yep. Uh, I grew up in a blue-collar home, and we always had Christmas, and we always gave to other people. And um, as a pastor, we always have those seasons of giving and compassion. And um, but when I asked the church leadership team, "Who are we going to adopt?" They said, "Oh, we'll work on it, pastor." I had no idea what they're talking about until they announced it. Right. I'm like. They're doing what, and then I and then
0: I was mad. Well, and if you you, you probably don't remember this because you were on, on drugs medication. and med- medication, <laughs> drugs, whatever medication. you know, same difference. You weren't e- actually in the building. I was actually the only one in the building. The Sunday they announced it last year, oh. my family was at home, uh, my daughter and my wife, and your family was out for that week. And uh, I'll just never forget sitting in the front row in the front pew that Sunday morning and the overwhelming emotion as they, told, they announced that to the congregation, I, I mean, it was, like I say, it was overwhelming. I, I could not believe, you know, I've been in some really good churches, and that was the first time that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year... Our, our people have decided to bless our senior adults. Yep. And what a cool... Senior
1: adults in assisted living and uh, in isolation. At home. This has been such
0: a hard time. COVID has been just awful for our seniors and for our church to make the effort to invest in those families in those couples and um, in those individuals who have been stuck in their apartments or yep. uh, for one reason or another. It's, it's, it's amazing. Our people are great.
1: They're great. And especially now that we're going to this lockdown or this freeze... Um, That's supposed to be just two weeks. Um, The news, when that hits our people that are in isolation and hits our assisted living people, we have a lady that, well, okay, I'm going to go with it because I already brought it up. Um, (laughs) I don't know if she's going to watch this or not because she does get online. So we have a lady in our church that uh, has been uh, isolated since March, Um, really, I mean, totally, and has been through horrendous things in her her own personal life uh, Mm. this year. Um, she actually got on to Amazon uh, last week, ordered a book. It was an author that she likes, but she didn't really care about reading the book. She ordered it just so she would have a box to open in the mail. Wow. And that's why I'm like, oh, man, you don't know what our church is about ready to do for you, but our church is ready to love on you. Yeah. And, and I mean, so it, it, it's a heart of compassion. That's what I love about our church, because it's not just the season. We do this all year long. Right. Right. I mean, herb and as you do a great job, we adopt a school. Uh, we help immigrants. We help burn victims. We help people in Ethiopia, uh, Kenya, Kenya, Uganda. Honduras, Honduras is coming Honduras up. Honduras is coming up. I mean, the hurricanes in Honduras right now. We mm. raised two hundred and forty. I was going to say two hundred and forty thousand. What I was going to say. That, <laughs> that would be nice. awesome. That would have been, been, awesome. been cool. But just just two hundred and forty dollars just yesterday for just even bringing it up that hey, Honduras needs needs the funding um, because they're I mean they lost everything. So and if
0: if you're a Hermanas person and you're watching this today um get on the jump on the bandwagon let's you know get yeah, it, be a serve. part of this uh, because it's it, it's it's serving it's giving it's sacrificially d- i mean jesus gave everything for us so <laughs> giving a little right. bit of our time and our resources shouldn't be that big of a deal
1: and you know if you're not here at hermnaz um go to your church yeah i mean uh, if you don't have one find one that's right and if they're not compassionate kick them in the tail feathers Tell them your story, and this is what you want, and uh, and and lead by example. Yeah. Um. I know that we need people here that lead by example, and whatever church you go to or don't go to yet, that you're about to go to, uh, lead by example. Yeah. And it's got to be a heart of compassion. It's not passion, and it's not interest, and it's not your platform, and it's not uh, the things that you want to you know take a stand in. It really is compassion for those that are are least in this world, and uh, and so so do that. So so yeah. So hey, thanks for watching today. Um, yeah. Huge. I didn't get a chance to eat my whole burrito, but, uh, uh but did we're you take a bite? well, I, I, I did, but man, it was like, I, I have to, I have to eat it when you I, you were can. excited about well, this I conversation. Was, today, I, was, but I have to be able to chew on it. Cause that's like <laughs> today it's like really, really good for some reason. So, so if you I don't, mean, it was good last week. But.
0: <laughs> if you, if you don't know, uh, again, we're on Facebook, we're working on YouTube. Hopefully that'll be done here soon. And then, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google podcasts, going, man. we're, going. we're all over the place. Um, please just share this, send it out to everybody. Uh, this is not just for the Christian person. This is for anybody. Yep. And uh, we just appreciate you taking the time and spending uh, an, a half hour or so with us every yep. Tuesday morning. So. And I, I got one more story.
1: Oh, yeah. So Close us out with a story. It, it's it's a story. Everybody that, that owns this will understand this short story. When it comes to compassion, if you own a pickup truck or a pickup truck and a trailer, enough said.
0: With that said, have a a great week, and we will see you next week as we talk about traditions. Traditions. Let's go. All right, see you guys.